I don't understand award shows. It's always, which actress cried the most amazingly? Or, which person transformed their voice the best? And I'm just like, I do that every day. You cry every day? No, change my voice. Oh. What does your normal voice sound like? It doesn't matter what my normal voice sounds like. But if I did cry every day, it would still be amazing. Do you know why? Because you're because bad man. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast. Heck yeah! I'm your host, David Luzader, and with me, of course, is... Nick Sheremooksness. And joining us for the first time, we're very excited, is... Spider-Man and his amazing friends! I've just been waiting forever to play that. (laughs) I have just been waiting so long to finally get to use that. Now that I can finally hear it. Now that you can hear it for some reason... To put this in context, folks, 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 folks at home, where you folks at home, and they're like noise canceling headphones. I don't think it's your new headphones. No, I think they're making me talk funny. Oh, so just if people are like, "Why the heck does Nick sound weird?" Why is he saying folks? Why is he saying folks? Um. Anyway, to put it in context, David uh, spends his free time uh, creating uh, sound effects. Not uh, well. No, 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 no. Sound clips. This is not true. Um, uh, this, this is what he does between uh, knitting and um, uh, basket weaving. I'm so very alone. <laughs> um, no. And, uh, but I've never been able to hear them. Yeah. So we've been doing this show for almost a year. Oh my gosh, we've been doing it for almost a year. Yes, and we're only on episode like 41. We've missed more than I thought we would. Um, no, that happens. Yeah, now what are you going to do? Uh, well, I guess we'll only have missed like six by the time we hit a year. We have had more episodes out in a year than Civil War did back in its heyday. We've had uh, more episodes out this year than Jupiter's Legacy had issues last year. Yeah, oh, we all... Oh. Both, interestingly well, enough... Or also, pretty much every comic... Projects. Pretty much every comic last year, because they don't come out on a weekly basis. Uh, actually, that might mean that there was more Batman Eternal oh, issues. There definitely was more Batman Eternal issues. They hit 52 episodes. this week. Yep. Yep. So, Batman well, Eternal wins. Batman Eternal does win. Did you read it? I am still in, like, the 20s. So <laughs> I was you, like... So, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I more or less know what happens. Well, like, don't I tell know. me. I'm not, say, I'm not saying who it was. I'm just saying. Well, so I was going through and kind of organizing a bunch of my comics, and I'm, I'm putting stuff in stacks that I haven't read, uh, and I have, like, issue 26 of Batman Eternal, and then the next one I can find, for some reason, is, like, issue 31. So either those are in my box because I've already read them, and I just forget a bunch of crap that happened, or I don't know where, like, five issues are. Uh, that Batman... Eternal number 31, looking at the... Yeah, that's the issue that uh, Alfred and Bane team up. Like, it's, like, just after uh, Arkham Asylum falls into the ground. Oh, really? Okay. Which I think is where we had both kind of left off. That is probably the last one I read, then. So you actually got into the 30s. Okay, well, I'm not that far behind. That is encouraging. Yeah, I I mean, you're behind because the series is completed. And now you have to wade through 
and avoid all spoilers. It's well, I I kind of caught one big spoiler. What was it? What, what uh, was it? Stephanie Brown. What about her? Oh, I thought that joke would hit you. I caught one big spoiler. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. it's late. It's but. yeah. No, um, no. The uh, the I mean, the spoiler was the one you told me last week or two weeks ago. Oh yeah, about Clue Master. <sighs> spoiler alert, dude. It's been like two weeks since people found out it was Clue Master. Which, I mean, that's incredibly vague, and we're not going to say anything more. We're just going to move on. Um, before we get started on the show, though, I do want to announce officially uh, that John Arcudi and I are now best friends. Mm. Elaborate. Oh, is this because he friended you on Twitter? Or, well, or, or no, he didn't even, your tweet? He also favorited it, okay, and replied. Jeez. Do you... Do you uh, Occasionally find yourself hanging outside John Arcudi's window. Uh, by occasionally, do you mean right now as I'm recording this show? <laughs> uh, because why won't he love me? Oh, poor John. Oh, poor, poor John. Poor me. Poor <laughs> your unrequited love. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, I uh, never mind. There's an inappropriate joke I just came up with, but I'll tell you after the show. Okay, great. Um, yeah, no, because I I tweeted out last week that uh, I said if you're not reading. Uh, and I tagged him. I said, if you're not reading John Arcudi's uh, Rampage, or Rumble, <laughs> Rampage, if you're not reading a book he's not writing, uh, <laughs> if you're not reading John Arcudi's Rumble, then you're a chump of the highest order. Mm-hmm. And uh, he picked that up and passed it along. And I was like, oh, man, that's, this is what I love about like the comics community. Like These guys are like stars to us, but they actually like read the stuff we say, which means mm-hmm. that I can't go on there and openly bash them because, you know. <laughs> That's why we never say anything bad on this show. We mm-hmm. are completely vanilla. Yeah, we are certainly uh, not hostages to, uh, to to big comics and we're, being forced to say things. I know we're pandering. We don't. We, we don't. We don't need to be saved. We don't want to step on anyone's toes because hopefully that we can leverage this into a successful career in comics, and we don't want to make any enemies before that happens. Right. We're really. After we're we really make it happens. We want to make plenty of enemies. Like we're really hoping that uh, like Dan Slott or, or Grant Morrison are going to listen to our show and be like, you know, I was really bored for that hour and a half. These guys are perfect for... <laughs> These guys know how to weave a story. <laughs> terribly. Ter- yes. Weave a story terribly. Let's make sure we never hire them. Blacklist them. The, we're like the Jack Kerouac of podcasts. We don't plan it out very well. We just kind of go with it. And then and in then like 30 years, people... we have conversations like our last podcast, which I thought was very illuminating. Yeah, and then like in 30, 30 years, people are going to like, uh, like uh, you know, say we're visionaries and we were so great. But really, like anybody who reads it's going to be like, oh, man, that was good, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be the stuff that kids get forced to listen to in classrooms and be like, oh, I don't want to read... Uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne. What was and then uh, later in your life? You're like, I probably should have read more classical literature. Well, you know what's funny? So uh, Kerouac is is largely celebrated for On the Road. Yeah. Uh, which he wrote that, and the whole thing was that he hated his time on the road. He hated hitchhiking. His he wrote that book to illuminate how awful it was for him, and it's gotten picked up as this really big like, look at how cool it is to live this lifestyle. That's true. And he really didn't. He didn't get it. Man, uh, what were we? What is this show about? Comic books. Isn't that for kids? 
Yeah, I, 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 we don't read comics. Exactly. I mean, I remember reading Frederick Wartham's book, Seduction of the Innocent. And oh man, I'm so like, bored just with that he's, sentence. He's so right that these that these comic books are polluting the minds of our youth, and we should be we should just get rid of all of them. Did you say minds? Did I? It's mayhem for your mind. That's right. <laughs> I'm, we're gonna have fun with this. Oh, we are gonna have fun. I need to like expand this though. I need to get so many more in here. Um, All right, look, we're 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 just talking about nonsense now. So, Nick, to the Batmobile. Let's go. <laughs> okay, uh, comic books. <laughs> comic books. Let's talk um, about comics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about comics. Oh man, uh, we, we really about... should have focus grouped this this uh, <laughs> show name. <laughs> Before we committed, we should, we should have done. We should have like done like a a, 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 a a trial run tonight, and then tomorrow we should have like been like, oh, we got all that crap out of our system. Let's do something <laughs> constructive and concise. Right. Let's do a good show this time. <laughs> uh, well, we yeah. kind of didn't we do that where like we were starting and like we were getting kind of talking, and then we're like, no, we got it. We can't recorded right now let's do it the well, next day and i, I still was, felt like the next show was pretty good well that, that was because of the rain and i and it, it was better because that like that night we tried to record i was so upset with how it was with like how much interference there was that i just couldn't do it It was the uh it was the week, first week descender came out rain uh, upsets people mm -hmm, which, uh, rain, i mean let me, let me rephrase it. rain upsets david yes um well say. just in that moment uh descender second printing came out today Oh, good! Congratulations! Yeah, congratulations for them. Actually, I mean that is a big milestone in this day and age. Congratulations for... to every comic that has ever received a second printing, because that means that retailers sold enough that they had to go back and order more. What are you doing? I'm applauding. Because we I was applauding. Oh, I, I was like, what's okay, going on? Okay, let's talk about... <laughs> let's, let's do what we came here to do. <laughs> Heck yeah, let's talk about the thing we're here to talk about. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, Convergence number zero came out. Uh, yes. It's the beginning of DC's two-month sort of... Convergence weekly Convergence of worlds, of characters, of yes. eras of the DC universe, and it's all coming on the heels of the three DC weeklies uh, that have been out for the last year, the Batman Eternal, uh, which is more tangential, I believe, uh, but specifically Future's End and World's End. Mm -hmm. And I did not read it. I don't care about spoilers. David, walk me through Convergence. Well, okay, so it's hard. It's, so this is, this is uh, like, there's not a lot to really spoil here, uh, which is perfectly fine. So this so is... People, if you want to read Convergence read all of the PR content that was released leading up to the issue and you'll have a basic idea of what happened. Well, no, which I think that's actually kind of cool. That's what sort of what they're doing here is they're saying, look, we, 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 you know, we, we went online and we said, oh, here's what it's about. But obviously not everybody's going to go out and read that. Yeah. So they, uh, they released a you know, little prelude here that's setting up what's going on. Mm -hmm. And what's going on is there is Brainiac, uh, who is possibly the true Brainiac, um, you know, until we, the uh, next Brainiac, right? Until until there's another, another until there's another Brainiac uh, who has captured Superman. I believe it's World 50, it's the New Fifty Two Superman. Um, I'm going based off costume design. Is it the five years later Superman, or is it the modern, present day? It's Superman? the present day Superman. Okay. Because um, it's not Shazam. But I thought uh, Convergence was happening 
after post well and in the five years timeline okay see so there's still a complete option for that because they're in a place where there's no time um uh -huh. and in this issue uh you have superman talking with um you know brainiac uh and um sorry and he's kind of like test he says he's testing him because he's trying to find someone who's worthy what that exactly means is a little bit ambiguous um and then brainiac disappears and for how long he's gone is uh again one of those uh ambiguous things those unknown uh we don't know where he is mm -hmm. um and uh and you have superman then inside of this planet that brainiac has kind of taken over and conformed to his will and uh superman's talking to the planet who takes form of brainiac but he doesn't take form of just like any brainiac in each panel i mean not every single panel but in most panels he's a different brainiac that we've seen hmm. um so there's like some you know there's like the old like designs where he's wearing like the you know big purple jumpsuit there's the one from um uh Jeff Johns and Gary Frank's run. Yeah, I mean, like, think of a Brainiac and he's in there. I'm trying to think of uh, uh, the, the from Red Sun when he's like that, uh, you know, m like metal body with the uh -huh. brain and the exposed brain in the head. Gotcha. Um, and basically saying, like, our master has been gone. We don't know for how long. Um, and Superman, uh, since he has no world there, uh, because there's different cities, you know, there's different versions of Metropolis, but none of them are his on this planet. Uh, these are ones that have been saved from other worlds because that's what Brainiac does, you know. Uh, world's about to end. He saves one of the cities or for other information or for whatever Brainiac does, whatever Brainiac does. Um, but since this Superman has no city here, he is free to go and go chase down, you know, Master Brainiac, whatever his name is. So what I think... Did did we ever find out what happened to Superman uh, in you know in the whole five years later thing? I I just know that during the Earth War he did something that made him want to give up being Superman. But did like Clark Kent ever appear? Uh, I don't know. I, I can't remember where I left off in that book. Uh, apparently, some some people had mixed feelings about the ending, but I haven't read it. So, um. Anyway. I mean, I'm thinking this might be where Superman was for five years, and when he comes back, it's going to be post. Oh well, he he's in, like, so from my understanding with Future's End, from kind of just kind of perusing, you know, mm -hmm. whether whatever the the reviews is, and and where I left off on Future's End, uh, Constantine had found Superman, and he had just been like tilling fields. Oh, you know? okay. See, so he was around. Well, way so to answer so my I, question. Like, he was Nick. just in hiding. He wasn't like trapped. Okay. Anywhere. Well, then I don't know what's going on. But anyway, but I know that they. But they also in the five years later timeline, they also fought Brainy Brainiac, like the god, the Brainiac god, whatever he is. So all of that, what's going on, remains to be seen. And maybe this wasn't uh, New Fifty Two Superman. Uh, it just seems. I mean, it seems like it is. Um, but anyway, that's what's going on, where Superman, uh, caught by Brainiac, and then escapes to go try to stop him from taking his city. I mean, it's basically like, it's like everything, you know, we've learned so far from the press releases, um, just kind of jammed into a comic. Uh, and, you know, what I liked about it was that it was simple, not a, not a whole lot really necessarily happens, 
but it's good setup stuff. I'm glad it's like it's a they're considering it issue number zero instead of issue number one, because mm-hmm. um, it, it does feel like a whole lot of uh, of just prelude. Um, it's interesting, and I like when Superman's significance is realized. And I'm saying this as a really big Batman fan, because as a Batman fan, we like to think that Batman is the the heart and soul and center of the DC universe. And to an extent, um, I mean, there's. I don't know if I'd call him the heart and soul. I'd call him. The... All right, so we're gonna keep recording here. Right, I think we're good. I, uh, sorry about that, everybody. I uh, accidentally touched a cord, and things went all wonky, and so it's my fault. David. Nick, when when you reach puberty, oh my gosh, things. Uh, I'm not touching that cord. <laughs> uh, so Superman, heart and soul of the DC universe. Right, right. So Batman was, but well, no, no, no. I'm saying like as a Batman fan, we like to act like Batman is you know the pillar of DC. Um, see, <sighs> sorry, sorry. I my my audio was doing something funny, which is why I messed with something. And I thought it was okay, but it might not be now. But we're going to keep going. We're going to barrel ahead. Uh, anyway, it's nice to have Superman's significance played up. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, he really is. I think it's hard to deny Superman's significance. Uh, and I, you know, since we just took like five-minute break there, I completely forgot my train of thought. Uh, so I say I vote that we move on to, to a new subject at this point. So sort of my, like, last thoughts uh, here on Convergence uh, number zero is that it's setting us up for something uh it it did a good job laying groundwork i think it was it was uh exactly what it set out to be um is it going to be required reading for everybody no absolutely not but i think for people who are very interested in this event um or uh you know people who maybe not don't know a lot about this event it's definitely worth checking out uh and i mean i don't know we're gonna see a lot of cool stuff coming out of Convergence here. Um, I don't know which which books I'm going to be reading. Uh, maybe the one where Batman is Dracula, uh, psh, because you know that is actually really cool. Dracula Bat, Drakbat, uh, Drakbat. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, Kingdom Come universe. Uh, unfortunately, we had sequels to Kingdom Come, and they sucked. Uh, It'll be nice to see some of the pre New Fifty Two characters. You know. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, in a lot of ways, that's you know that was kind of DC. Like we, we, I mean, the, the pre New Fifty Two kind of started in you know the the eighties. Like I I suppose it's more or less the come coming from Crisis on Infinite Earths. But you and I kind of came in around I want to say around Infinite Crisis, like leading up to Infinite Crisis. About. So I mean, like that, like that, like pre, like Green Lantern Rebirth. You know, um, at least for me, like that was kind of my starting point i had a couple of dc issues here or there from from that before that but kind of like green lantern rebirth get it going into infinite crisis and then up to new 52 was kind of where i grew up into mm-hmm. dc mm-hmm. so it'd be nice to see it again yeah no no and, and it's kind of raising this question because uh, we know that it's no longer going to be labeled the new 52 yeah but there might be some major changes and there might be some stuff from pre-52 that gets brought in. At least that's kind of what they're hinting at. But, you know, what exactly is going to happen, we don't know. I mean, I think we're still living in the... the It's still going to be the new 52. The, the branding is just going away. I know, mm-hmm. in, in at least in what we've seen so far, as far as, like, their PR content, 
you know, they're saying that there's going to be less emphasis on continuity, but it's still going to, you know, like a certain handful of their books are still going to pander to that particular continuity. Um, but they're, they're basically what they're doing is taking the success of Batgirl, um, you know, and just, and, and, and well, I say Batgirl, that like Batgirl, but it just has to be something where they're actually letting the creators set the, the aesthetic of the, tone. the book, you know, that someone having a Brainiac book doesn't have to tell just like a, a horror, 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 Jeff Johns, you know, S Jeff Johnsian type tale, you know, mm -hmm. with the limbs flying and all, you know, they can, you can tell kind of a goofy, silly, brainiac book yeah and that's i mean that's one thing we've been hearing a lot from people um you know scott 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 snyder's been very vocal about how the direction now is like go have fun you know this new story batman coming up is one that he's wanted to do for a while but didn't feel like he could bring it to dc and now that he brought it to them they you know they said this is exactly what we want this is the kind of stuff we're wanting people to do so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting post convergence it's going to be yeah. a, a whole new 52. Oh, that's, you know, new 52. That sounds pretty good. I think we should. It's, uh, it's going to be the new -er 52. We should, like, slap that on everything. <laughs> Get, like, new 52 stickers. Exactly. Like, it's still there. It still exists. <laughs> what, what I find funny, and the, and, and, the, and the funny thing is it's not, like, you're going to get conspiracy theorists, but Convergence is not that different from what Marvel is doing with Secret Wars or no, vice versa. It's really funny. Yeah. It, you know, they're, they're both, you know, convergence is about the, the bottled cities, you know, of, mm -hmm. of various uh, DC universes. You know, Secret Wars is about different uh, domains holding characters from various, you know, Marvel alternate timeline stories, whatever, you know, all kind of coexisting, trying to find a way to either live in peace or escape or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And it, it <laughs> Well, and in a lot of ways, it's it's in a lot of ways it's it, it wasn't planned. Like oh no, absolutely. Like, you know, they've both been in work separately for separate reasons for years. Yeah, it's just it's just funny because like DC was like, oh man, we're doing this big change. We got to like hold this over. And Marvel's like, you know what? We like money. Which not to say that DC doesn't also like money, but come on, a lot of no, like a number no. of these things are like we're gonna revisit these old stories are just because like people are gonna pay a lot for it. I mean, I don't know. I would be curious to see how well a lot of DC's convergence. So in a lot of ways, this is with Marvel. I don't know how. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I mean, just like any comic, like Marvel's some of Marvel, you know, not all Marvel's Secret Wars books. The, the tie-ins are going to sell. Right. Well, but, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that DC is not in some way doing largely the same thing. Where it's like, did you like this story? Well, here's some more of it. But I don't know. I just it's, like... it's really funny. The, the, the fact that, like, not switching, Marvel is putting a lot of weight on Secret Wars. Like, the Marvel Universe, while it might seem, might still be familiar mm -hmm. out coming out of Secret Wars, there's going to be significant changes besides the fact that Miles Morales is going to be somehow incorporated in without desecrating his, his ultimate history. Um, isn't, um, isn't that the fear? You know, because um, Marvel is very much about keeping you know that they have more or less kept the same line of continuity from start to finish or present mm -hmm. um but so so like dc is saying convergence is important but in a lot of ways it, it you know because dc is moving from the east coast to the west coast over the next two months this was all set up in advance so that they could basically have you know comics you know still be selling comics mm -hmm. while everyone's moving and getting set up and getting back to work and things are returning to normal um, 
so it's like convergence is important in a sense but it's more of like an aid mm -hmm. for dc you know kind of like a almost a necessary evil i don't want to say evil it, not in the in the, the literal sense but like they needed something and it became convergence so convergence is really like dc being like well these two months either could have been nothing or you know but it wouldn't necessarily be what we were normally doing so mm -hmm. why not use these just two months to just celebrate this full spectrum of the dc universe yes yeah. so convergence is really more of celebration number zero than convergence number zero uh, with with Marvel, I mean, they're definitely celebrating the the breadth of their history. It, both events are like just celebrating the breadth of their own histories, mm -hmm. which you know, DC's awfully obviously and, and hopefully, uh, from the looks of it, going in a new fresh direction. I think the influence of things like Image Comics, Dark, you know, the, the independent world, gaining a lot of ground. Um, I think Marvel's attempts at you know, I, I think through Axel Alonso, I think he's been a terrific editor in chief. Uh, for Marvel, and I think that, uh, uh, I think he's just been able to make certain decisions yeah. that has allowed the Marvel line to be very a diverse flavor. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, and I think that they're, 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 they're that's I'm not saying that DC is doing something because Marvel is doing. It. I, I think that well, but, I mean, let's so let's not I mean let's not you know kid ourselves and say that that there's not a level of influence to that. Exactly, they they definitely both influence each other. You know? mm -hmm. but. I think it's I think it's more that the DC is taking the the if we take a character and we take creators that are you know interesting that 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 have a unique vision for that character and we put them together then the resulting book it might not be everyone's taste but it's going to be a unique flavor mm -hmm. versus to hedge our bets let's have all these all these characters despite the fact that they're very unique characters kind of live in the same monotone existence you know basically everyone had to be batman wait 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 uh so what you just described is the real world we're all just people living in the same monotone existence yeah the, the real world that that, uh, that is a blast from the past you know i had some customers remind me about saved by the bell at, well, at work the other day and i was like i actually know that show and they were older than me well like, yeah because i mean it was, it was a show that was on when we were kids but it wasn't really like so much of our generation. Oh yeah, yeah. it was with people a few years older than us. You yeah, know, the the middle schoolers and high schoolers of of when we were like in elementary school. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, that's a side part. It, it just it's got, it's actually kind of a cool year. Twenty fifteen, as I guess as far as comics go, and especially as far as the big two go, is a year to reflect and celebrate that that these are the longest continuous narratives. In history, mm -hmm. you know, nonstop. Even DC has more or less, despite the fact that they've rebooted or whatever, you know, they always had a story in place that led you from one point to the next. So as much as we're in the New Fifty Two and things are different, I mean, the Barry Allen that you read at the start of Flashpoint is the same Barry Allen that races that races into the New Fifty Two at the end of Flashpoint. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's all these sort of art, you know, artificial and in a sense changes around him that that makes it a new distinct barrier, but it's still the same one. So, and, and same thing with Crisis on Infinite Earth. It was an event that, you know, they could have just said, we have all these disparate franchises, you know, that don't exist in the same universe. Let, let's just 
you know, let's just, okay, next month they're just all going to be in the same universe, but they opted to create a story around it. Mm-hmm. As convoluted as it may have been, it's still kind of looked upon fondly. So the, either way, both DC and Marvel have more or less been having these continuous narratives going on for decades with no end in sight. And I think it, it is kind of nice that, you know, after all of this, you know, as, you know, they're, they're, they're taking some time to celebrate in the biggest, most bombastic way they can. And, you know, what DC has coming out of the pipeline uh, in June, look, you know, looks, you know, some books will fail, some books will succeed. But I think, I think no matter, I think they're, I think they're confident enough now that they're not going to balk if a, a book or a series of books fail. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think they they were kind of smart, like you know the Brainiac and the Bite Man, uh, Mite book. You know, like they're six issues long. So some books are like these. And, and Prez, I think, is only twelve issues. You know, so they're like we're not. Did did, did you mean Bizarro? Did I say, what did I say? Brainiac. Oh, sorry, Bizarro. Um, you know, they're saying you know, you know, we could we we definitely couldn't release. We could have released this and said this is an ongoing, and then just cancel it after six or twelve issues. But instead, we're like. Let's have just someone go in, tell the story that they need to tell, not feel like they have to, you know, prolong it any longer than it needs to be, mm-hmm. and then go out while the iron's hot, you know? Go, well, no, you know, it, it, I mean, it's definitely a good way of looking at it because, yeah, somebody comes in, um, you know, and on an ongoing, and they're like, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be on here for six issues. I'm going to make a six issue story. But they also have to leave it open for the next person to possibly come in. Uh, so there, you know, won't be resolution fully, and so yeah, now, now, I mean, if you read superhero comics, there's never going to be a real. There's always well, going to be an illusion well, of real. Well, of no, but but saying like, hey, hey, we're just going to do six issues. It's like they can tell a story. They don't have to, you know, they don't have to worry about setting up characters who could have potential future storylines. It's exactly. like they can just do everything they want to do and be done with it and then if you know two years down the road it's like hey we're gonna go back and we're gonna do another bizarro book like that's totally cool but Mm -hmm. no one's expecting that and no one's like holding their breath of like oh man when are we gonna get this storyline you know continued exactly it's 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 almost like i I think marvel uh i think they've slowed down a little bit but they 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 were definitely relaunch happy for a while where Mm -hmm. they were saying instead of having these long continuous volumes you know, which th- I think there's still some some merit to that, but they would say now we're crafting our volumes around the creative team. So you know, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey will come in and do 15 issues of Young Avengers, and then done. Like we'll close the book. If we come up with another great creative team, they'll launch their own Young Avengers. Uh, you know, um, I don't know. There was other people that did it, um, yeah. and I think that's great when they say you know they just say, hey, do you get like 12 issues in you? What kind of She-Hulk story do you want to tell? All right, go tell it. All right. This is all very, very cool stuff, but we have only so far talked about Convergence, and we're a half hour into this show. Isn't that all we wanted to talk about? No, absolutely not. We we missed a week, Nick. That's true. I mean, there's there's plenty of things we could talk about, uh, but do you want to continue on the DC train and bring... uh, Basically, on our list, we've got Convergence, Batman, Robin, and Ultra Comics. Well, you know, uh, just for the sake of time, let's kind of uh, go around now to Ultra Comics, and if we have, you know, if we want to, we can circle back around on Batman and Robin. Yeah, works for me. All right. Ultra Comics, what do you think? Ultra Comics is the comic that reads you. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It. I was reading at work, and I, I, I was trying to like kind of take it seriously, like, like, oh, it's like tell me not to read it. I shouldn't read it. 
oh, but I'm going to read it. You know, like I, you really kind of play into the book. It's it's one of those things where, like, yeah, I don't want to say it's a gimmick. It's Grant Morrison, so he takes something that could be a gimmick and the, he puts a lot of thought and perception. You know, this is very, like, I probably sh- should have, I don't know, smoked pot before reading this book. Um, uh, but See, I didn't get that feeling at all, but okay. But, but I mean, okay, well, I, I think how trippy it probably would be. Um, well, but but that not, would not ruin that, it. That we do. Why would it ruin it? It would make it smell a little bit, probably. <sighs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Yeah. I'm just. All I'm saying is, it's it's a very perceptive book, and it and to me, it it. I think you actually said it uh, best, where you said like it was a complex idea delivered simply. Yes, that is um, what I said. Almost exactly. First off, the artwork is great. I love Doug Mank. I mean, I know he shares or has shared a studio with Patrick Gleason of Batman and Robin. Um, so you can see a lot of similarities in their art style. So it's nice. Um, the story is hard to say exactly what the story is. It's really more about the this character, Ultra Comics, and and the relationship you have between him sort of becoming aware of the world and, and you kind of becoming aware of the comic almost the same like you're you read certain caption boxes and you're just like I never realized I actually I think about that in the back of my head while I'm reading comics mm-hmm. and it's almost like he he makes you realize like how much power you actually have over the comic that's in your hand whether it be you know the fact that you're the one that controls the page turn or how strongly you know, something you read ends up eliciting emotion from you. Like well, how yeah, much but, you're willing but, to let that emotion but, take over. But also at the same time, it's like when you're reading a caption or a dialogue box and you're, um, you know, you're reading it with a certain voice in your head. It's not, it's not necessarily your voice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like it is, but you're, you know, you're like the inflections are different. You're hearing stuff differently. Like you're, you're projecting a personality onto this character in the way that they talk. It's like, uh, a lot of times when I read Peter Parker comics, I still hear the Peter Parker from the '90s animated show. Mm-hmm. A lot you of people, know? a lot of people still, uh, still hear Kevin Conroy when they read Batman. Yep, hard to ignore that one. Yep. Um, no, but it, it was a very, very interesting comic. Uh, it sort of seemed like multiversity was building in this one direction. And then this issue comes out and is kind of saying, now wait, remember what we were setting up at the very beginning? Like everything else has kind of been smoke and mirrors. Or, like, or not really, like it's not, like it's at all going to pay off. But remember, this is what we're here and this is what we're here to do. Yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm curious to see when the, the final multiversity issue comes out. I'm curious to see what, I feel like the, the first multiversity issue, the one with the, uh, the uh, President Superman, and whatever this next one is, mm-hmm. the last one is, I think that it's almost going to be like they were actually the two books. Like you probably could just read those two and not read anything in between because like the Masterman, you know, mm-hmm. Masterman, the, the, the Charlton comics character one, um, a lot of them, like, like you saw the little bits and pieces that kind of would tie them together, but they're each their own kind of a reflection of the characters included of the history behind them. Well, see, and, we see, we, we like to say that, but, there's still little threads. I don't know. That's what I mean. Little threads that tie them together. And I'm sure once we get to the final issue, things might become more apparent. But they really were a lot. A lot of these issues are really just sort of like primers for their own, um, you know, 
basically, and Grant Morrison kind of said this that he believed that each book could basically act as like the first issue of its of a new series, so something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, this I think is probably the most central to book one and the final book because we've had a lot of talk about the gentry or the gentry uh and this is like the first besides the the league of heroes or the house of heroes or whatever the heck they were called in the first issue mm-hmm. you know be sent fine going to combat it this is the first thing where you know ultra comics is you know created by us Oh, yeah, God, and, it's trippy. No, no, and that's what's so. That's one of the things that was so crazy about it, is they're talking about that he is made up of the collective minds of all of us who are reading it, but not just the people who are reading it at the time that you're reading it. It's it's people who are separated by time. It's just so like like I don't get philosophical about stuff ever, but this was a very philosophical book, and it like really kind of got to me because it's it plays on something that I do so often with reading comics and thinking about them and, you know, getting invested. And this is really taking that to an, a whole new level. I remember Grant Morrison talking about, uh, you know, like the way that we're writing this, it's, you know, sort of like you becoming the hero. Uh, you know, you feel yourself in this comic. And of course, at the time I'm like, Grant Morrison has done a lot of drugs. And let's be clear, Grant Morrison has done a lot of drugs, but he was kind of right. <laughs> like he, he really kind of was. Uh, this this book drew me in on you know on a level more than oh I'm reading this for entertainment or you know I'm the story's great the art's really cool I'm just gonna dig into it. It's when I was reading it it really kind of pulled at parts of me that don't normally you know parts of my brain that don't normally get get pulled at when I'm reading comics. And, and you know why? It, it makes you think like like sometimes you know a lot of times not a lot of times but um, you know it's like when you if you have a certain political belief or social belief like you know or whatever you know like uh, the environment um, and you kind of infuse that into your story like oh Spider Man's gonna combat drugs. Um, he's, but gonna, he's, gonna, he's gonna this, literally this, fight heroin. <laughs> he's gonna fight heroin, man. Um, but in a lot of in, in a lot of ways, this is a commentary on comic books, both the construction of them and their culture. About every, like the 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 commentary is comics, so it's like you're reading things, and you know, for us, you know, I don't want to say that things like the environment or politics, whatever, isn't important to us. But and a lot, you know, especially the fact that we have a podcast dedicated to this, though some mm-hmm. people would be are surprised that we actually talk about comics on this show if they only listen to the first five minutes of our show. Um, oh please nobody nobody we know gets that far <laughs> um that you know this is you know comic books are you know the, the the medium the the art form itself is such a close thing for us that we're reading and, and, and superheroes like we read a lot of independent non-superhero books but you know superheroes are kind of what you know got us in which you know what kind of so, well superheroes are what made comics a viable industry like when they first started of course there was a bunch of other different you know stuff uh, but the ones that stuck around were superheroes. Exactly. Yeah. And know, that's... There's no, you know, romance books from the fifties still kicking around. Well, Archie, I guess sort of kind of counts. Archie's slice of life. Sli- slice of life. That's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, that's definitely sort of the, the layman's version of the, the, you know, the history, but, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's a commentary on, you know, the unconscious, comic industry you know mm-hmm. it, it points out all the things that you don't think about or 
or think about constantly. You know, like there's some things that are kind of overt. Like it shows him kind of going from like the golly gee, take that buster to like the what are you looking at as he like freaking pummels like the guts out of a guy. Oh yeah, when they went through like that that part when the, it was the different phases. Yeah, the of, different phases. That was so great. You know. And it's and, and that's kind of over. Like that's something that's like, oh, there was a golden age and things were so much more innocent and simple then. Mm-hmm. And then there was, you know, like the silver age where everything was wacky and goofy. And then there was the 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 bronze age, the you know, like the eighties where everything was like dark and everyone was dying and da da da. And then there you know, and, and then the extension and kind of what's never kind of left us is just sort of the we need to be violent and visceral for you to take us seriously. Otherwise we're just uh, muscular people in colorful costumes, mm-hmm. you know. So that, that that's yeah. over. And then, like you said, there's a lot of philosophical elements, but it's it's not just like the philosophical philosophy of of life or or or, or the the universe or anything. It's the, it's the philosophy of the act of comics mm-hmm. and everything that, that it's and has. it's like it's storytelling and it's you know comics are. You know, Ben Affleck called superheroes like the the uh, our modern day mythology. You know, comics. Yeah, that's definitely. a very common uh, reference to superheroes, mm-hmm. uh, how which, they're the, the new gods. Yeah, yeah, uh, which like totally makes sense. And so that you know, the the way that Grant Morrison approached it and presented it very much fits in line uh, with that idea. And this is this is a book that I'm going uh, to you know want to come back to probably a few times uh mm-hmm. over you know i think i think multiversity is going to be a, a book when it is all said and done and i have you know the the collection in my hands i'm then definitely I, buying multiversity when it's all in one mm-hmm. collection like it's, it's something i'm going to read probably once every few years mm-hmm. uh and it's 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 also gonna be one of those books that i will never be able to lend to anybody because i mean like until like my kid you know, I'm like at 14. I'm like, here's your first Batman comic. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he'll, you know, he'll be reading stuff like you know Sonic and Mega Man before then. But come on, well, you could give him like a Batman: The Brave and the Bold comic. Oh, that's true. That's true. Got to start him young. Got to get him hooked <laughs> early. And then like when he's like 25, I'm like, Timmy, you're not allowed to play football. Sit down and read your comics. <laughs> right. Exactly. What What do you want to go outside for? <laughs> you just you get grass stains on your Stay comic. Inside. Be pasty. Yes, exactly. It worked out for me. But then, like, finally when he's 25, I'll sit him down and be like, son, you're ready. And I'll hand him uh, Multiversity. <laughs> and then he'll just stare at me confused as I, like, a single tear trails down my face. I remember um, we were... I was for... What was it? Not Yom Kippur. Um, Rosh Hashanah. Uh, sometimes... Not this past year, but a couple years... Or a year... But this the year not 2014 but 2013 right we went to uh, one of anna's relatives um and one of them has like a kid and he's like this really precocious kid he's he's gonna grow up to be kind of like a pretentious douche um but you know he's kind of like that straddling between like look at like how kind of intelligent and smart this kid is and kind of like how kind of pamp like not pampered but like pompy he he kind of is and he's only like 10 Mm-hmm. Some, 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 somewhere around that age somewhere between like 8 and 12 um, and you know this is a kid that like reads historical you know nonfiction, like all this stuff and he's like really young and he like we I, him and I actually got, uh, got into like a discussion and comic books came up 
and like I think he said something along the lines like, "Oh, those are like those are for kids, or they're silly, or they're stupid, or something like that." Like, and me, you know, having such huge respect for the art form was like, I can't have this little, you know, kid, you know, thinking this way. Mm -hmm. So I tried to explain like the, the the separation between you know, kind of silly, stupid, you know, vanilla comics and like the art form being used for real, you know, to be being used for just as like constructive and, and, and literate, um, storytelling as historical nonfiction fiction, any, you know, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I ended up, rec- you know, telling him about Watchmen, which is like a book you don't necessarily want to talk about with like an 11 year old, you know, but I felt okay with him because he clearly was just so smart. Mm-hmm. Um, you think you're I, smart I, I, makes I, I sense wanna... of Alan Moore. You know, I, 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 I just talking about multiversity uh, in this issue, you know, was just making me think of that conversation with that kid. And it's like, this is another book. I think uh, this is a little less self-serious. Like this is almost, what I think separates Grant Morrison from like Alan Moore is they're both like really big into the construction of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, but Alan Moore is much more kind of Alan Moore is very rigid self-serious very yeah, rigid. yeah, yeah absolutely very rigid. he's very much Grant like Morrison, I'm gonna tell these super serious stories and you know this is really serious and you can't and, have fun and, with and it he's, and yeah he's so sour but with Grant Morrison he's just like such an awe of mm-hmm. the, the the existence of superheroes yeah. the, the the construction of comic books and, and he'll be like hey like the 60s for comics was really weird let's like be honest let's, and embrace it and have fun exactly so I, it's like I, I want I probably still have the kid read Watchmen, but I feel like this mm-hmm. would be another book that I'd give to that you know precocious child that thinks that feels like he can't he or she can't get into comic books because you know it's not legitimate but, and be yeah, like see, if you want legitimate read this. This is this is a book that I couldn't give to anybody until they were like deeply entrenched and you know really like loved and appreciated comics. I couldn't be like oh you're trying to get into like really you know more serious comic stuff. Here's multiversity. You want to get someone in the comics, you give them a Brian K. Vaughn comic and, and take it away. What? But what? 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 Brian K. Vaughn, he's like my go-to whenever I recommend And then books. take it Speaking away? Which I let my sister borrow some books, and now I want them back. Anyway. Well, um, I mean, Why the Last Man is, you know, is a really great way to get people to branch off of superhero stories. Mm-hmm. You, get, you get speculative fiction, mm-hmm. and eventually you get them into the tights. Exactly. No, but Ultra very, comics. very cool, very cool. If you know, if you're not reading Multiversity, if you're like being sour about it, uh, don't be lame. Just check it out. This also, uh, and this is sort of a, a last quick bit. It makes me want to read Seven Soldiers, another Grant Morrison kind of epic. You know, and, it's Grant, and Seven Soldiers was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a pretty big undertaking, but I'm sure a lot of elements from that are kind of playing out in Multiversity, like through all of Grant Morrison's uh, Mar- uh, not Marvel DC work. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just kind of makes me want to like seek that out and and read it in full. Cool. That's all I yeah, I still have Flex Mentallo I haven't read yet. So do I. I, oh. I bought like the hardcover edition or something. Oh, I think I just have the. Oh no, I have the soft cover. Yeah. Do we want to uh, lie to ourselves and say we'll read it by next week? No, let's not lie. People, we're not going to have it read by next week. But yeah. if we do. Pleasant surprise for you. Yep. Dave and I will discuss Flex Menelo. Yes, yes, we will. All right, let's barrel on now. Um, you know, Batman and Robin number 40, there is a lot to be said there. Very sad that we're losing that book. 
but it's tell a, me. it was a, a send, you know, I forgot that it was the last issue, but I just reading it was like, this is like the best issue of the book yet. And then I was like, oh, it's done. It it definitely was. And, you know, talking about kind of remembering when superheroes was fun, that superhero fight in the beginning was a blast and I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. um, but you know what I want to talk about, Nick? I want to talk about why you having issues with uh, the Eobard Thon reveal on Flash. Yeah, go for it. Let's do it up. All right. So major Flash spoilers. Uh, we have, you know, some, some good news to talk about. So I, I don't want to say we're going to talk about this for too incredibly long. So we'll say 10 minutes. Uh, Ten minutes. Check, check, check ahead. If you're trying to avoid Flash spoilers, jump ahead 10 minutes and see if we're still talking about it. And if not, jump ahead another five. Or if we are, jump ahead another five. If not, we should <laughs> Just be Just stop listening. Just stop listening. This is all the show is going to be. So uh, that being said, we're just going to go ahead and say that Dr. Wells, who we've known as Eobard Thon, is not actually Dr. Wells, but Eobard Thon. Are you with me? Does that make sense? It, I, I don't want to say that I'm warming up to the, the revelation, but it's like I can, I can see why. I can still see it being compelling. And, and, and it's it's not even like I was ho like holding out hope that he was future Barry. Though I do think that they were intentionally teasing the possibility. Well, they, I mean, they were teasing a number of possibilities. They were keeping stuff very open. Um, but it's I think it's just because I've spent this whole season, you know, with Harrison Wells, mm -hmm. you know, Eobarthon mm -hmm. or not, just like being really invested in, in Tom Cavanaugh's portrayal, you know? Um, and, and then, and then all of a sudden, you know, you find out that the person inhabiting spoilers, uh, Tom Cavanaugh's Harrison yeah, I think, Wells. I think we've already, we've fact, already established that, that, there's going to be spoilers in this Harris, segment. That Harrison Wells isn't just a name that Eobarthon uses. It's that there was an, a separate person who was Eobarthon who takes over Harrison Wells' identity. It was very sad. Not, it was like, very... not just his identity. Like, it's in, like he takes his DNA. Yeah. He becomes, on a very real level, Harrison Wells. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's... I don't know what I'm trying to say. Take, take, take it away from me, but... Okay. Well, well, because, you know, I, I was texting you about it as I watched it this morning, uh, and you didn't seem overly enthusiastic and I, I get like what you're saying um it's because suddenly like eobard thon comes in and it's this actor we don't know who's portraying this character that we've seen but you know we've seen wells with the hint that wells is somebody else now we know who this someone else is and we don't know who this person is yeah it's like it's it's it's, it's very similar i made this comparison to john locke on uh lost <laughs> you had like five seasons of John Locke being John Locke and then the tragedy of it was his whole arc where you know he feels like he failed you know is killed and then comes back inhabited by the man in black and you're just like you're watching this character act in ways that he never did and there was something tra and, uh, tragic about it, it was, and, and almost infuriating watching this happen to someone you cared about as a character uh, and so with this, it's like we've had a you know less than a season, and 
and, and I really grew to I liked Harrison Wells as a character you know I felt thought he was compelling mm-hmm. and now it feel on one hand it feels like his actions aren't his own but well but that's the thing though that this like this character that we've seen the whole time and this character who was just sort of introduced are the same person and like there's so much you know like this this revelation really opened up so many more questions than it oh, answered it, it, i guess the other thing was that the, the way that you're like the real earbothon like how he really looks like he came off as such like a boogeyman you know but he, i mean like he's he, he runs like he, he loses powers he's like Argh! and then like he shows up throughout the episode just like a silent kind of you know watcher until he causes but, the accident because he's crazy no he is but but it's like i liked wells as like this guy who does a lot of you know questionable things you know it's for the sake of protecting barry and and i know ultimately he wants to kill barry but he also needs barry to be able to get back home Mm -hmm. but it's sort of like we're in the timeline where barry's mother is dead but that means that there was a timeline where she didn't die, presumably. Mm-hmm. Well, well, they're saying, like, Barry's like, I'm going to go back and stop my mom from dying. Basically, we're going to do Flash. So long and so forth again, the Flash. And then it's like, oh, but now I have the power to travel that far back in time. I'm going to not let it happen this time. But it's like, where does Eobarthon begin? You know, and where does, or where does Eobarthon truly end? And where does Harrison Wells begin? Like, in, in the comics. So- you know, and I'm and I'm wondering if they're going to reflect this. You know, up until Flash Rebirth, Barry Allen had two living parents, mm-hmm. and then Flash Rebirth comes out, and all of a sudden it's like you know you find the issue like oh my mom's dead like it was such a big thing for the book, you yeah. know that you know that that the Barry's mom had been dead had always been dead, and a lot of people were like oh that's like a retcon or something like that, and then through the story you realize it's not a retcon, it's the plot of the villain. We mm-hmm. went back in time. And it was me, Barry. It was me. But so I'm wondering if something where, you know, instead of us, you know, reading, uh, not that you and I have really read that many Flash comics, but to, you know, that we've lived in a world where there were living parents and then read the story where, you know, they were, you know, he, she was killed. You know, are we going to see that? technically that you know was she supposed to live like did she live before and are we going to see an alternate reality or the original timeline where she was still alive i I don't know i'm kind of musing kind of rambling but Mm -hmm. it does open up a ton of questions yeah it really does um and there's i was you know i was thinking about today and one thing that i thought was really interesting because, you know, you kind of have to, yeah, I was kind of asking myself, like, why didn't he just, you know, approach them and be like, look, I'm this person, I can help you with all this information. But of course, I mean, he's somebody with no discernible past. It's, you know, it's all very, it all falls to scrutiny very quickly. But one thing I thought was interesting is by killing uh, the fiance, he can now act however he sees fit. And people will just be like, oh, you know, since his fiance died, he's been so different. And the accident. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it was the perfect setup. It, it's like, it works. Mm-hmm. And that's, oh, and that's what's like, like, it just shows this whole other level. Like, he's obviously, he's crazy and evil, uh, but he's genius. But it's also his, I, I guess I've just, I've enjoyed the moments where it's like, I knew that Harrison Wells was up to no good. But he showed like true, genuine like I believe him when he said like to Cisco, 
you know, that like I truly like that he truly cared for him and saw him as like a son. You know, in the same way that he feels about Barry. Well, I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, he obviously did mean that when he said it to Cisco because he said it to him also before he murder stabbed him with his hand. Yeah, but that's because Cisco is going to get in the way. Obviously, he he values his own prosperity above everything else. But he's yes. also, and I think they mentioned, uh, I think it was Joe West that mentions it, that like he's had to be incredibly patient. You know, he may have been mm -hmm. angry when he first realized that he was stuck there. But he had to be incredibly patient once he kind of cooled his jets. Yeah. To get to where he is now, like the fact that he's like, oh, like Harrison Wells, and another thing they talked about with time trial was that you know the timeline finds ways to kind of to correct back. things. Yeah. Um. So it's like you know there you know Cisco gets killed, Joe gets injured, and then and when Fle uh, when Barry goes back in time, you know the reporter gets killed and and um. Uh, Dante, Cisco's brother. Dante, Cisco's brother gets gets injured. You know, so it's little things like that, like it happens to someone else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Harrison Wells was ultimately, you know, oh, so Harrison Wells was going to create the particle accelerator. The particle accelerator. Anyway, was the particle accelerator going to explode see, anyway? See, okay, so here's what I think about that: that he was hoping to use the particle accelerator to. Uh, to reignite his own connection to the speed force and accidentally created Barry or create, cause I think the flash would have been created maybe at a later date. Well, he says by like 2020, by 2020. Like so maybe Barry was supposed to become the flash at an older age. See that? Yeah. That that's what I'm thinking. And so he was trying to build it now thinking, okay, I can, if I'm there, when things go wrong, you know, I can absorb this and reignite my connection um, but obviously things did not go as he planned and now he has a new plan and it involves Barry it does everything involves Barry and they were and his original plan was to go back and kill ba you know boy Barry young Barry well and I'm, but, I'm but, just but, like well was it though or was he there to kill right like because it, it no, was... no, they say they he Oh, well, he does say I was I was there that night to kill Barry, and then I don't know. I kind of took like maybe they accidentally ended up there. But... Well, I think he I think he was going there to kill Barry, and then obviously Barry, older Barry, saves himself. Him. Yeah. But but oh, so here's here's the thing. I, unless he's able to turn back into his actual self, the the Eobarthon that gets stuck in the past looks like presumably the real Eobod Thon. Mm -hmm. So this is all leading up to him regaining his speed powers. See, there's so much we don't know. So it's time travel, man. Time travel. How's it all going to make ah, sense? Ah, man. Speed force, man. Speed, speed force. Speed force and time travel. It's like he had, like he came from the future. We know he comes from the far future. Mm -hmm. uh, in the comics, he comes from the 25th century, so like a few hundred years removed. Well, um, um, well, but that's even implied in this. He even says, you know, this woman's been dead for centuries, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, he, he's from the far future. Um, so he, and, and he's related to Eddie. Which I did like that they kind of looked alike. Yeah. There was definitely resemblance. Because it's funny, it's like when, when, when uh, Harrison Wells was saying it, you know, as Tom Cavanaugh, you're just like, I don't get the family resemblance. Right. Which, um, well, but I was kind of like, I'm like, a few centuries yeah, I'm like, oh, it's been like a couple hundred years, you know, whatever. You know, but so he, so he obviously is fighting Bear, like he, future Bear, like he comes from the 
the future as Ichabar Thon. Don't think about it too hard, to, man. You're going to hurt yourself. And then, so it's like, and Barry's aware of him as, well, I mean, I don't know if he knows who's under the mask. Well, but, uh, yeah, like, why were they there? Like, why were they fighting? At what point does he meet Eobard Thon? Like, exactly. Yeah. They had to, like, there has to be a completely separate timeline. Which I, I think that's something, like, we're not even going to start getting into until, I mean, there, things will get a little more explained, but I don't think we're going to see that Eobard Thon again until season two. Yeah. I, if, I, th- I think, if, but but yeah, yeah. That, so I, I guess I'm just. I think a second timeline or the original, like finding the original timeline. It's kind of like what they did in Star Trek One, where they were like, "Oh, like this is totally the original Star Trek until until it's not." Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like this was basically basically some sort of time shenanigans. Time you know, shenanigans. For one, we're actually watching the alternate timeline mm-hmm. unfold. Oh, time shenanigans. That should yeah. be the name. I, th- I think uh, they also revealed the last, the name of the last episode for this season. What? Um, I think it's fast enough. Mm. Fast enough to save his mom. Or fast enough for who knows what purpose? Pro- pro- probably to save his mom. Do you think the cliffhanger is going to be he saves his mom, but then realizes, oh man, I never became the Flash, and then cosmic treadmill? Well, it would be, f- it would be funny if he saves his mom, and then season two is Flashpoint. Yeah, oh, not Flashpoint. I, I, Flash, yeah, no Flashpoint. Yeah, I don't think they would uh, go that far. Like an altered Flashpoint, yeah. or you know, kind of, and yeah, just like the, the 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 second season takes place in an even more alternate reality. Like the, it's like goes back to the original, but it's not the original. Mm-hmm. Like Barry wakes up like in Flashpoint, he's like, "I'm the Flash." Oh wait, but I don't have any speed powers. Uh, did... It's this is definitely a show, and and I love Arrow. I think Arrow's still my favorite. Though this season's been kind of really melodramatic. This is. Did, this wait, is... did you watch tonight's episode? I have not seen it. Okay, I haven't, it? I haven't seen it yet. I was going to ask you a question about it, but never mind. Never mind. Uh, we'll watch it tomorrow. Yeah. But but it's the Flash, and maybe because it gets much more in the science fiction aspects, and that's something. That, and time travel has always been something that's fascinated me. But I have no idea where the show is going to go. Like it's almost like they like this season. Like Earbot Thon like, is kind of like the Flash villain, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, where are they going to go from here? Like this is the big epic. Mm-hmm. You know what? What? What are they gonna do with the season two or three or four or five? You know, for at least five seasons, probably. You know, um, but you know, where are they gonna go with well, it? And yeah. I'm just, I'm just like, oh, I, I just don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, we're definitely gonna have the buildup of the of um, the rogues a lot more, which I'm, I'm really digging. Uh, Wentworth Miller, every single time he's on the show, and you know, yeah. Pied Piper, I thought was done really well. Who's Pied? Uh, when Pied Piper come on? Pied Piper, the uh, oh wait, we see the with the 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 sound thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. I remember. I was thinking. I thought you were confusing him with the trickster. Oh no, I no. Like, okay. which I did love Mark Hamill so much on this yep. last episode. Oh, it was so great. Um, but I mean, I, I think the Eobardthon thing is not going to get fully resolved. I think that's going to bleed over into season two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also part He's of he's going to become kind of like the Malcolm Merlin. Of the Flash, yeah, I could see him having something. Something, but then it's like if he doesn't get home, you know, if they do kind of keep bringing him around, it's sort of like just retreading. Like his ultimate goal is to get home, right? Well, I am, and you know, I think part of the thing that's really fun about the Flash right now is that everything is so new and everything is so fun, and we haven't, you know, we don't haven't had a chance to retread old ground yet because we're still blazing new trails. But I mean, where are we going to be in, you know, in season three? Uh, 
and you know are we gonna get to a point in season three where it's like okay like here's captain cold again oh he's you know he's trying to like rob a bank that's what he did last time he was here like yeah. you know i have faith in them they're, they're gonna be able to write some really cool stories and do some really original stuff and i really hope they do but i mean the truth is we could get a couple years into this and it we could just be repeating a lot of the same stories over and over again. And that's where it's like, like with arrow, um, you know, with all like the league of assassins stuff. I mean, I don't know how season three is going to end, you know, and, and where season four is going to go, of course, but season four is going to be about hive. That's oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I, uh, besides that, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you're right. Like, it can't, like, the, I think the shows are, are kind of designed about being the flavor of the week, you know, oh, new villain and all that. Like, it's like a procedural. Mm, but... Well, I felt that less with Arrow over the last couple of years. I mean, this season especially. Oh, no, 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 definitely. But you, you still, like, they, they, like, they'll go, like, an episode or two, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, and then, but then they kind of go back around. Like, Brick, you know, was kind of like a multi episode villain. But he was still kind of, it's still kind of flavor of the week. Like, there'll be like mini bosses, and mm-hmm. then there'll be big bosses like Malcolm or um, like Raz al Ghul. And then, like, every episode, you know, in some episodes, you'll have like Murmur. Like, in a sense, he was a villain of the week, you know, or mm-hmm. Vertigo. So, you know, people like that. Uh, Vertigo. Vertigo is coming back, man. Vertigo. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and they'll, and they'll re- reoccur. And I don't mind recurring villains who are up to similar shenanigans as long as they have something new to say about it, you know? Yeah. When, Ver- when Vertigo, <laughs> Vertigo, I'm just going to say it, kind of came I'm, back, you know, yeah. he was be- able to use to kind of put um, uh, Laurel at odds with her, you know, feelings and misgivings about mm-hmm. becoming Black Yeah, Canary. it was a good way of using him. So. Uh, yeah. No, I totally agree. Like, I, you know, I love to see faces that we already know pop up, but as long as they're doing you know, stuff with them that we haven't seen before. Or, I mean, even if they are doing, I mean, it, it, yeah, as long as, I mean, I think, I, I don't know why I'm still, you know, backtrading my comment here, but yeah, as long as they're they're giving us as fresh of a take as they can give us on this villain, and hopefully they'll know when, uh, when to say enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, we should probably get moving on. We got other stuff we got to talk about. Moving on, moving on. Stuff. So I say we just go ahead and dive into news. News. Yep, we've had a lot of lot of good talks tonight. So, uh, so sort of, uh, let's start with you know the most breaking news first. Uh, earlier this week or late last week, we got uh, our first official look at the Deadpool costume. And guess what? Uh, he looks like Deadpool. He looks like Deadpool. He looks really great. Uh, you know, some people are, are kind of disappointed that he doesn't have, you know, uh, the the like he, he, there's lines in the costume, um, but textually that makes a lot of sense when you're going to be on screen. You know, people kind of wanted him to have that like that the sock that he just pulls over his head, but that doesn't really look as good. And the way they've done it, like the eyes can emote really well. Um, I think we're going to see some cool stuff. But the biggest thing though is that Deadpool is confirmed going to be rated R. Yep. That's uh that's pretty big. This is uh I think since I mean Punisher probably this is going to be like the first uh rated R superhero movie. Uh like uh, mainstream. Punisher. I just said since Punisher. Oh, since Punisher, yes. Yeah. That, yes, you're right. 
which is, is really cool. Um, I would still also like to maybe see a, an R-rated Wolverine movie, but not going to happen. Uh, it, it's 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 cool they're willing to take this risk because rated R movies, as we've seen, like PG-13 makes gangbusters because teenagers don't have to have an adult there to buy them a ticket or they don't have to con a 17-year-old into buying them a ticket. Yep. They can, you know, just go. And so for this is saying, you know, you know, we're really hoping that, I mean, I think they're, it's a smart move that, you know, they wouldn't do it if they didn't have faith in it. But it's also like, we're really hoping that all of you like, you know, 30 year old nerds who love Deadpool, like want to not just pirate it and actually go see it in theaters. Um, which I will, I'm as a not 30 year old nerd, <laughs> not 30 yet, not 30 yet. Uh, but it's very cool. I, you know, it's going to be bloody. It's going to be, uh, lots of naughty words. Uh, it's going to be Ryan Reynolds just having fun for Doing the two Deadpool hours. He was always meant to do. Yes. I mean, kudos to the guy for being patient and watching it through all the permutations it was probably going through behind the scenes and believing in the project. I still can't believe it's happening. Mm. Well, they released that test footage. And at the end of the day, I mean, we're in, you know, a golden renaissance of comic book movies. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's probably a good thing that they're, that they're doing it now versus then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, I think you know they just released the test footage and everyone gaga, and it's sort of like, why didn't we do? I think even Ryan Rose said like, I wish we had done that sooner. You well, because that's definitely that's definitely what pushed it over the edge. Is everybody saw what it could be, and it's like, oh man, yeah, no, let's do that. If you if you give us more of that, then we'll go see it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, I'm just I get excited thinking about it. Uh, you know, plus I mean Ryan Reynolds. So everything, you, everything, you everything. And Ryan Reynolds, man, there's ev- something going on there. Everything you want in a man. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, also, in slightly less breaking news, but one that I feel I'm gonna have to say a lot of words about. Uh, Stephen Amell of Arrow fame, of Oliver Queen fame, has been cast as Casey Jones in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two. Casey Jones. Casey Jones is actually uh, a character that I really like. Oh, no, Casey Jones is a great character. And Stephen Amell is an actor I really like, and I have not seen the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I actually, you know, the hate has died down a lot. Mm-hmm. So people are now starting to kind of come out of the woodwork and say, like, look, it was a fun movie. It wasn't, you know, amazing. Mm-hmm. It definitely had flaws. But, you know, you like people had fun with it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And... You know, hopefully they take what was fun about the first one, they tweak it, and you know it's even more fun in the second one. And Stephen Amell gets a big boost to his career. Yeah, I mean, they'll definitely be his biggest exposure yet. Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny the guy stars in his own TV show, <laughs> but not enough people know about him. It's true. The nicest guy, man. He he's a great guy. Great guy. Everything you want in a man. It's. I mean, it's true. If I had to choose between Ryan Reynolds and Stephen Amell, I'd have to go Stephen Amell. Uh-uh. Um. Let's see. What What else was there? Okay. Andy Serkis confirms he's playing Ulysses Claw. Yes. Which is, this is something we all knew was coming. Uh, more people cast on Preacher. Well, this. Is, I mean, not the more people cast on Preacher. This is a big one. Oh, um, Cassidy the Vampire. Yeah. So yeah. for those who are not watching, uh or who, are, who have not read Preacher, 
there's three main characters. There is um, Jesse Custer, uh, Cassidy the Vampire, and Tulip, um, which I don't think will be played by uh, oh, Ruth Ruth Nega, who I did I we missed that news. Um, interesting. Anyway, but probably I would say bigger than her um, is Cassidy in the story, who plays the vampire. He's going to be played by Joseph Gilgun, uh, who you uh, would probably know if you watched uh, Misfits. Um, and of course you haven't, because not a lot of people have seen the later seasons of Misfits. Um, but anyway, I can't can't judge the guy. He looks like Cassidy, though. Sometimes that's all it takes. Well, I mean, you would no, hope they can also some, act some well. It would be nice if he acts. <laughs> he just stands on screen, like doesn't say anything. And they're like, what do you think, Cassidy? <laughs> Great <laughs> idea. Let's do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Annie Circus in the Seas Claw. Um, we've already kind of talked about uh, Arrow a little bit, but, uh, you know, the Arrow Flash spinoff is coming up. And we've got a confirmation of two characters. Hawk Girl and, Hawk Rip, Girl and Hunter. Rip Hunter. Yep. So this see is going to be an interesting show, man. See, yep. So Arthur Darville, um, who people might know from Doctor Who, uh, which uh, is, uh, he was a major character in the last couple of years with Matt Smith, um, is going to be playing Rip Hunter, who apparently uh, is, is not... Um, Booster Gold, as we all thought it would be. Uh, Rip Hunter, who I'm trying to remember how they established him in the DC universe. That he's either a descendant or like an older Booster Gold or something like that. Yeah, he's just described here as roguish time traveler who hides the strains of being responsible for history itself behind a facade of charm and wit. Oh, okay, so he's going to be the charming, witty character. Yep, and we also have... Oh, he'll have a deep side. Uh, Sierra Renee as hawk girl and you say hot girl or hawk girl yes <laughs> because she is quite lovely let's be honest here um but she also is from uh probably nothing that you would know she was primarily on broadway uh she's been on law and order svu guest starring once. Anna probably knows her because anna watches svu yeah i'm sure she remembers every character that's been on svu there's if anyone would remember every character it would be anna there's like 10 million of them. She would remember them. Anyway, no, this is really cool. Um, it seems like these three, and, you know, we, we haven't had the last one uh, cast who, you know, we all think it's going to be Static Shock, but with this Rip Hunter reveal, who knows? It's probably going to be Static Shock. Um, but it's, I think these are the three that are going to kind of round out the lead on it, and you'll have uh, everyone else feature or i mean i don't know how much you know you're going to have brandon ruth uh and you know wentworth miller uh and katie lots you know knocking around but i don't know i mean i think this is there like they you know some of them might make guest appearances on arrow or the flash but i think this season of arrow you know more or less for the adam has been setting him up for this spinoff mm -hmm. um I think he's actually going to be probably one of the primary focal point characters. And hmm. he's basically the TV show's Iron Man. Like, that's basically, he calls himself the Atom. Besides the fact that he turned it into an acronym, mm -hmm. um, the name of the Atom does not make sense at all for his particular power set, which is Iron Man. Well, um, well, it was supposed to be Blue Beetle originally, which makes which, you 
would I just kind of wish they'd gone with Blue Beetle instead well, of doing their version of the Atom. But they said they have plans for the Blue Beetle. On Arrow and the Flash? Mm-hmm. Like the, re- I, the, the I, reason I they... think that... I think that Brandon Routh, he's, he's a great actor, and I think he's doing a phenomenal this version of Ray Palmer, but I think that he's definitely more in line with... What, excuse me, what... Um, Ted Cord could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you know what we, we didn't talk about um, is last week's uh, Arrow episode in which they possibly, uh, spoiler alert, off-screen killed, well, off-screen, kind of on-screen, killed Deadshot because uh, the CW has been told by WB execs that Deadpool or Deadshot is off the table because he's going to be played by Will Smith in a movie. Do they actually say that, or are you just saying you think that's what it is? It's very heavily implied by everybody. Is that what you've been reading on the grapevine? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's definitely been for sure they were like they were told that Deadshot is off the table. There's no other reason right now that he would be off the table. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be back around. I don't know. I would Hard really like say. him too. I've I've really enjoyed his character. Yeah. Because it's like it's he set up as like he's the guy that killed Diggle's brother, and then they obviously they also tie in that you know he had something to do with the high. I feel well, like if they're going to they, do flashbacks, he'd be the kind of person that would show up in a flashback. Right. Of anything. And they've kind of passed off now. They've kind of passed off the Diggle's brother thing to Hive. So when you know Hive kind of gets brought in next season, his revenge will be towards, towards Hive, them and the guy of, who actually yeah. pulled the trigger. Yeah, because he was just doing it for money. Yeah. Because he's a mercenary. Oh, was he? I, I never caught that. Or uh, assassin or whatever. I don't know. Mercenary. Mercenary. <laughs> um, you know, but I'm I'm excited for. I'm excited. I'm really interested in the spinoff. This is going to be an eclectic group of characters. Because I know mm-hmm. Captain Cold's supposed to be on it in some fashion. I believe also Heatwave, um, mm-hmm. the Atom. However, Katie Lotz is supposed to come back. Um, Hawk yeah, Girl, Rip Hunter, and whoever else has been cast. It's just a very, it's kind of like that, like um, whoever we could scrounge from the bottom of the bag kind of Justice League team that like a whole like generation of fans remember fondly. But in the grand scheme of things, like they're not the big leagues. Mm-hmm. But it's like everyone who they could get. Well, I mean, but, Hawk, uh, Hawk Girl, Hawk Girl was on a. Uh... Like the Justice I know, League I know, cartoon, I know. everyone's like, "Oh, John Stewart and Hawk Girl like, were so big because they were on that show." And don't I mean, get me wrong, I'm not. I'm not saying it. it makes her huge. I'm saying that it gives her a boost. No, no definitely her gold. Um, but you know, she. I feel like with her, like she was on like Brian uh, Brad Meltzer's just like A list Justice League team, but um, you know, she's not one of like the Magnificent Seven or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think she's a great character, um, but I'm just. It'll be it's just it's an eclectic group of characters. I'm wondering how they're all gonna play off each I mean, other. You, you, you know, you have to wonder how um, how they're gonna present her backstory. Uh, is uh, I keep he's Hawkman, right? I, I don't know. I don't know why I always forget this because she's Hawk Girl. Throws me off. Like you have to wonder how they're gonna. Like, is he gonna be around? Well, um, he could be something that gets introduced. Uh, I feel like they're going with Alien Cop with okay. her. Uh, the the Thanagar version and not like the uh, uh, resurrected ancient princess whatever Egyptian princess one I mean you think you think the show is ready to go with aliens Uh, why not they've done time travel superpowers and they're 
arrows leaning into magic probably by the end of this season. Not, what do you mean by the, end, by the end of the season? They've already gone ahead with it with the Lazarus pit. They're like, yeah, here's some water. Put my hand in it. It's healed. Okay, so yeah. I'm just saying, I think the floodgates are open at yeah. this point. Also, and I think with this team, what you're seeing is you're seeing the alien cop, the mm -hmm. time traveler, the tech genius. Uh, also, if Katie Lotz is playing Sarah Lance, then she's going to be playing sort of like the brooding martial artist. Mm -hmm. um, Everyone at home can hear you flipping your pencil right now. Um, I just threw it over to the side. Um, I, I, I mean, I was just saying. I know I what you're saying. doing. Uh, you know, everyone's. It's like they're not only filling a niche role for personality types, but they're filling sort of like they're covering every genre that you could possibly do with superheroes. Hmm. You know, the villain turns begrudging or maybe forced hero. You know, things like that. See, it, I, I wouldn't want. I I don't want that to be Wentworth Miller yet, though. I want him to it keep. It sounds being like that's where he's going. It's hard to also, say. Also, we didn't talk about how Wentworth, that Captain Cold, knows who the Flash is. Oh, that was very big. Yeah. You know, we really said, that. We it's, I like that. You know, he he really. I I don't know if he can ever be like a big plotting character like Eobarthon, mm -hmm. but he he's definitely. And, and this is partly through Wentworth Merlin's acting. You know, really establishing himself as like a compelling Flash villain. A lot mm -hmm. of them have been kind of. Kind of one off. Like one the note. Spartacus guy came in, and I mean, he didn't have a whole lot to work with. You know, What's I feel like Spartacus he seems like he's guy? a good uh, the the second Spartacus guy. Um, the the weather wizard. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But they left. I mean, they left that door open now for him to return. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think eventually we're gonna get like a League of Rogues. You know, mm -hmm. everyone that's locked in. I mean, and maybe it's like at the end of this season, you know, they defeat Eobard, but like. Star Labs gets completely destroyed and basically all the prison cells open up and so all the villains are like, oh, hey, we're all together. Let's, like, let's, let's go, go run away together and then figure out a way to destroy the Flash. Mm -hmm. They've also sort of establishing uh, some stuff. I really like that scene at the end of Flash where you had uh, Snart and Barry talking very frankly about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, Barry needs to protect his identity. Uh you know, Snart wants to keep like being the criminal that he is. Um, but, you know, Barry kind of gave him that ultimatum where I really like that thing where it's like, if you're as good as you say you are, then nobody has to die. And he has that moment. He's like, you know, that's true. So they're kind of building him also towards how he is in the comics because he has that very strict code of honor um, where, you know, killing isn't something that he does. And I I'm just curious to see like how they build him up. Because obviously most villains now come in, they don't care, they're going to do what they want. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're setting him up to be something. To be, like, a little different. Yeah, well, and I think that's why he's moving on to the spinoff in some fashion. It's just, you know, it's, it's like with Flash, because he's having a first season while Arrow's having a a third mm -hmm. it's it's not like it's a first season but it's it's not like it's starting this universe mm -hmm. it, it, it it's it's building its own little micro world but it's already part of an existing larger world so it doesn't you know if it doesn't necessarily feel like we're like we're watching we're not we're watching the first season of the flash but we're watching like a parallel third season of the arrow universe mm -hmm. i think it's commonly referred to as the Arrowverse. yeah Arrowverse. Um, and that's what we call it on the interwebs um you know, so it's just, you know, there, there's a lot of directions they could go in, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just excited. I, uh, 
Uh, it sucks after tonight's arrow that we have to wait another week, but that's that's life. Yeah, I mean we have to wait another week as well on uh, or it's is it it's two weeks. I thought you said it was a week. No, like uh, not this. It's not this week. The next episode, the week after this coming. Well, well, yeah, but I'm saying, so, two weeks. So the Flash, when it comes back, uh, the episode is titled "All Star Team Up." Uh, that's the one where uh, Ray Palmer and Felicity visit. And I think we're also gonna, we're going to get the return of um, what's his name, Firestorm. Oh, really? Well, I told I told oh, you about oh, oh Victor Garber is supposed to be on the spinoff show. Oh too. yeah, Victor Garber. Which... But but they but they said that there's a reason why Ron uh, Robbie Raymond Amell, isn't present. Or, yeah. By hmm. Victor Garber, I mean Martin Stein. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Like, what do you have any thoughts on what you think? No, I mean, no, I could, I could, I mean, is Victor Garber? Oh, you're not going to see Victor Garber flying around. Um, I, I, I could see him there being in some sort of like, scientist support capacity. Or they but, could. Um... I mean, they could also introduce uh, the other guy. Well, they already did introduce him. Oh, Jason Rush. Yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe, and I feel like they introduced him, and they were not like we should, it shouldn't just be the last time we see him. Right. Um, so maybe that maybe that will come into play, but I don't know. Hmm. So the episodes of the Flash coming up that we know the title of uh, All Star Team Up. Who is Harrison Wells? We don't know the next two, and then Rogue Air and Fast Enough. Rogue Air. That'll probably be a Captain Cold episode. In which uh, he opens his own airline. <laughs> Rogue, Rogue Air. Yep. Uh, we'll get you there in a flash. You know, and like it's going to be, the whole episode's going to be a legal battle uh, with the flash suing them for using his, you know, name. It's going to be a really thrilling episode is what I'm trying to get at. It's going to be good. See now I'm looking now I'm curious what if, what episodes we know or what na- uh, titles we know for the uh, Arrow. Man, I am sucking at words right now. Words, words, words. All right, so Broken Arrow is uh, the next one. Then The Fallen, Al Sahim, This Is Your Sword, and we don't know the name of the last one yet. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Tell me more, Greg Berlanti. Please. I think like there's going to be a really ramp up in uh, like league focus these next few episodes as we get near the end of the season. I'm excited. Yes, it is truly. It's mayhem for your mind. Yes. <laughs> Don't forget, this is here. Uh, here's some other stuff that I have on here. Like a frost giant's head on an infant's body. Okay, that one was really loud. So I apologize to everyone for that. And of course, the classic. Uh, can't go wrong with... Spider pig, spider pig, does whatever a spider pig does. Can he swing from a web? No, we can't. He's a pig. Look out, he is a spider, spider pig. pig. Love the cool. Simpsons. Man, I need to cap some new stuff to put on there. Oh, man. Um, and uh, do you want to do recommendations? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why don't you go for it? All right. Um, I, I'm not going to say too much about it. It just came out today, and I would actually like to elaborate a bit more on it next week because we didn't have much time this one. But Avengers Rage of Ultron. Oh, by yeah. Shoot, Rick I meant Remender to and talk Jerome about Pena, that. Uh, with some assists from Pepe Larraz. Um, is uh, it's 
It's an original graphic novel from Marvel uh, featuring the return of Ultron as a planet. Uh, he actually takes over a, a, a moon. He takes over a Titan, um, Sat- Saturn's moon. Um, also the home, the home, the uh, birthplace of Thanos. Um, and basically, shit gets crazy. Uh, it deals with uh, a particular. Uh, it deals with a particular android from a past incarnation of the Avengers, and then with the Avengers now. So you see, it starts with like a flashback to. Um, the this uh, particular incarnation of the Avengers, like they're all like in classic costumes, um, and then it jumps forward. So you're kind of seeing the traditional team with like the new team. So you have like Falcon Cap, you have female Thor, um, um, and characters in their their current outfits. Um, you know, all take you know dealing with this threat that kind of started at this particular point in the past. Um, it's it's a quality. It, it, Short version, it's quality. Rick Remender and Jerome Pena are, kind of are like Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, or Grant Morrison and Frank Wiley. When they work together, it's a it's a it's a really good song. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, if you enjoy that particular combination, check it out. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> what? Oops, sorry, that was not supposed to. Um, otherwise, uh, we'll uh, definitely discuss it more at more length. Uh, next week. Absolutely no. I'd I'd like to. I, I apologize. I forgot. You should have put that on the list, man. My could've bad. Ta- could have talked about it. It could've is your should have, but didn't. All right. Uh, so my recommendation for this week uh, is actually uh, a show that we've been talking about recently. I'm going to go ahead and recommend I Zombie. Uh, if you know, it's only three episodes in. So it's still plenty of time for people to go ahead and jump in on the bandwagon. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's been a a funny show. It's been interesting. Uh, I really like that, yes, there's a procedural element to it, but they've also set up this bigger story, and they did it right in the second episode, uh, which I think a lot of like these shows kind of wait off. They're like, oh, we're going to do the procedural thing for a really long time. And then, like, maybe we'll start hinting at there's bigger stuff going on. Uh, but this is just like, n- nope, we're going to go ahead and start going with the bigger stories. And they've, you know, they've already sort of touched on these really strong relationship points that I feel like other shows would drag on for a long time. So what I'm saying is I'm really enjoying the pacing on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very reminiscent of Arrow and The Flash. They're not wasting their time. They're saying that we can, you know, we can tell a lot more. Uh, and a lot of good stories if we just you know get going right now and yep. it's it's you know working for them uh nothing you know feels rushed yet true three episodes in but you know they're 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 handling stuff well um it's a really good it's a strong confidence start it, it is a very strong confidence start uh the um the morgue i i, I want to say mortician i want to say like ravi i think it's like dr ravi uh, is just an absolute blast. Like cracks me up every time he's on screen. Um, Liv uh, is is you know relatable and but not super pouty, which is you know nice for a character in her kind of position. Mm-hmm. Um, David Anders loves seeing that guy get work, so I'm excited to see what they're gonna do with him uh, throughout this throughout this series. Um, but I'm pretty sure you can head over to CW.com or CWTV.com or whatever it is and uh, watch you know, the last three episodes, uh, you know, don't, don't let this slip by. Don't, you know, don't 
be like, oh, I'm just going to wait till Netflix and then never watch it. Just get on it now. It's, you know, 45 minutes a week. What what, and, what are your excuses? Come on. And did you know that Rose MacGyver, who plays the titular eye zombie, is was actually the Yellow Ranger in an incarnation of Power Rangers? She's been in plenty. She's also Tinkerbell in Once Upon a Time. Oh, was she? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Neither did I. And I watched Once Upon a Time. <laughs> She she she's she's, she's doing pretty well for herself. Yes, she is. All right, that's gonna do it for us, though. Um, I you know I apologize if I kind of fell apart at the end there. It's getting pretty late for us. I know we try to keep this stuff timeless, but you know I feel like it was affecting my performance a little bit. So, I will uh, I will be much more gung ho in in future installments. But you know until then, you can find out more about us at heckyacomics.com. Uh, you can also email the show, heckyeahcomics at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, heckyeahcomics, all one word. You can also follow me on Twitter, at DavLuz. Uh, you can find Nick uh, raging like Ultron just down the street every everywhere he goes. And uh, if you enjoyed the show, then please tell your friends. And if you hated it, then please tell your enemies. Until next time. Good goodbye. Worst episode ever.